0: hey welcome ladies
1: and gentlemen this is gino geraci so glad you could join me on the program crosswalk with gino geraci it is of course the program where we typically take your calls and answer your questions. Would love to hear from you, 303-873-1935, with your questions about God, with, about the historical Jesus, with your questions about the Bible, with your questions about worldviews or world religions. Happy to talk with you, 303-873-1935. There's so much going on in the news, um, including, of course, the death of Madeline Albright, who was the first woman to serve as secretary of state, she died at, um, at age 84 and in there's other news about, um, you know, Europe's obsession with Russian gas, despite Reagan's warnings, Israel fearing Russian reaction blocked spyware for Ukrainian and, and Estonia Um, But one of the the saddest stories in the news today is a Disney star. This is posted at Faithwire, and Faithwire, of course, at faithwire.com. And basically, this particular person, um, well, here's what the headline reads. It says, we have a very real problem. She says, when your truth trumps the truth and forces me to pretend that it's not a lie, we have a real problem. Now, those words were tweeted by Natasha Ward. She's an actor on the Disney-owned ABC series Station 19. She shared the comment on a story posted to her Instagram account defending biological women Again, again, amidst the debate over the transgender movement, obviously, as it relates to this particular person who just won the NCAA women's event, who happens to be a biological male. She said, quote, supporting trans freedom does not mean it's OK to violate the rights of biological women. Now, again, think about that simple statement. Supporting trans freedom does not mean it's okay to violate the rights of biological women. We have to ask and answer the question, what does support for trans freedom mean? Does it mean that you have to go along with the charade? Natasha Ward said, we need to have this conversation about males and women's sports. When she made these statements, it created a firestorm. She wrote, pretending that trans women are not men who have a biological advantage and therefore place an undue burden on biological women is make-believe. And it's not science nor fact she continued and added quote in the long run women will have to take illegal substances in order to beat men identifying as women in women's sports unquote so the the station 19 actor published the social media post as the debate over university of pennsylvania swimmer self-identified leah thomas Um, who identifies as a transgender woman. Now, again, late last week, Thomas beat two biological women, one of whom is an Olympic silver medalist from Florida in the 500-yard freestyle event of the Women's Swimming and Diving Championships. Her victory over, uh, Thomas's victory over two bona fide women caused such an Uproar that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis issued a proclamation Tuesday naming Sarasota native Emma Wyatt, who finished second and a half after Thomas, the true winner. To that end, Ward asserted the push to embrace biological men who identify as women as true women will result in pushing women out of the upper echelons of elite sports. She wrote, quote, that is science. She wrote on her Instagram account, which has since been made private. Quote, that is fact. And that's the context where she says, your truth is not the truth. And when it infringes upon fact and places an undue burden which displaces my rights, we've gone too far, unquote. So there you have it. You have this situation where if you embrace the worldview of deconstruction, if you embrace the worldview of critical race theory, if you embrace this view, then something has got to give. And by the way, it will give. And it continues to give, I just literally got a note and we're going to, um, Jim, try to have these people on as soon as possible. But, um, I've got a note from Bernadette Tasey. She's basically talking about Lori Smith's case. Now that name may not be familiar to everyone as much as it was familiar to the story of Jack Phillips but lori smith's case has been grant has been granted by the united states supreme court so just last month the united states supreme court agreed to take what's called the 303 creative case now this particular case it focuses on a web designer designer named lori smith and her studio 303 creative which she has developed to design and publish websites promoting messages um about you know weddings but she's being asked to promote same-sex weddings and um basically If she creates websites for a wedding between one man and one woman, she must also do it for same-sex weddings. This is the same Colorado law that was used against Jack Phillips at the Masterpiece Cake Shop. The law at issue gags Lori from even explaining on her own company's website what websites she can create consistent with her religious beliefs. So the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against Lori in a two-to-one decision, agreeing that Lori serves all people and that her websites constitute free speech, but stating that the government should be able to compel her speech anyway. So that's what's at issue. Can the government compel speech? It literally, in part, goes to the heart of what I was talking earlier about the Disney Actor, where she must be compelled to say something that isn't true. So can the government compel speech? I think that there are certain circumstances where the government can at least try to compel speech. And so back to the Disney actor. She is has been inundated by her peers she has is is being bullied if you will into complying is this love understanding empathy and support for the truth bigotry ignorance misinformation and transphobia which is it? I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. Would love to hear from you. 303-873-1935. And again, you know, I grew up with Disney. I loved Disney. I loved Disneyland in California. And then you have this horror this situation where the Walt Disney company company just continues to condemn Florida's parental rights and education legislation, which was which has been intentionally mischaracterized by the left and members of the news media as don't say gay bill. No, that's not what the bill says. It just simply says we don't want you teaching children in kindergarten and first grade and second grade and third grade sexuality now disney ceo bob chapick tried to stay out of the political fight over the bill now remember it's it prohibits classroom instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation from preschoolers, kindergarten, through the third grade. The the only problem with the bill is it doesn't go far enough. But, again, after intense, dare I use it, almost militant LGBTQ employees and pressure from journalists who misrepresented the legislation, that Disney opposed the bill. And what's interesting to me is they oppose the bill on the grounds that it's not rooted in family values. Oh, gosh. So you have to ask and answer the question, what in the world constitutes family values? Whatever family values are, it can't mean Embracing historical biblical Christianity three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five that's my number if you'd like to join me on the air. Wendy, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Gino. how are you doing? doing good um, about the the Supreme Court nominee um, one thing it wasn't that she couldn't identify what a woman is is that she won't. It's because of the people that are behind her that she doesn't want to offend. But it just—I can't help it. Whenever I hear about this stuff, the transgender males swimming again—you know, winning all these awards and swimming and track and everything—and and and just in the the um, drag queens at the libraries—it's. Can't I can't help but think of the children's fable about the emperor's new clothes?
3: Right, because
2: everybody is so afraid to tell the truth to just say no. There's this no clothes. Isn't real? <laughs> there, he, he doesn't have. So I feel like the little boy sometimes saying he's got no clothes on, but everybody's too afraid of the emperor to say it, and uh, and it, it's just so ridiculous. If it wasn't. So damaging it would be laughable, which is probably why they they cancelled the um the Babylon bee
1: right on the Twitter they were account.
2: laughing right it. it's just I mean it's like gender or sex take your clothes off, look at the plumbing
1: well, imagine yeah, if and, you and offer
2: purpose for the plumbing, it's not for sexual gratification alone. That was the the icing on the cake from God.
1: Well, and that's why I I talked about the fact that, that again, when we are careful with our words, like sex and gender, and we ask and answer the question according to the Bible, um, and we realize that the Bible is right, that at the biological level, you're either one or the other. What what pains me is again when people are telling Christians, "Well, you have to tolerate the LGBTQ agenda. You 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 should." Florida, we, we need to we need to be able to teach our children their agenda. We but you need
2: can't to, teach them
1: the Bible. Can't teach them the Bible. <laughs> but when you say. We, what we need to be able to do, or that it's not loving, that it's not supportive, and what we need to be able to respond is, I'm trying to imagine a world where Jesus would teach yeah. something different. So when Jesus in Matthew 19 forces, have you not read that he who made them uh, at the beginning made them male and female, that's what Jesus would teach. And Jesus would teach whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea.
2: And he would also teach that male and female are beautiful just as they are. God made them and said they were very good and all this distortion is I don't know. It's and And teaching kids about, you know, um, transgenders, homosexuality, CRT, all of this, and not allowing them to also know other points of view, like the Bible, like a, a biblical worldview. They're taking away their right for critical thinking.
1: Well, I think it's time for us to sort of stand up Yeah. and say and the answer is no we aren't going to go with the lgbtq agenda we're not going to we're not going to sign up we're not going to advocate for it and we're not going to support it and actually what we're going to do is we're going to oppose it
2: and and it's not to be unloving it's because the emperor has no clothes on you know it's 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 to to oppose a lie and the fear of stating the truth, which it's, is, I, I can't believe that we have become a nation of such cowards that we can't just say, he doesn't have any clothes on, this isn't real. Right. It, and and you're, we do, We those of us who can see that he has no clothes on, We need to start saying it and saying it
1: loudly. Well, and see, it's unfortunate that most of the major institutions have been... Hijacked. Hijacked. And because they've been hijacked... uh, Imagine the Disney Channel conditions a child to believe and normalize perversion. Imagine – we understand that colleges and universities have normalized perversion for a very long time. So we've got educational institutions. We've got media institutions. We have got um, all of these – now the political establishment. Technology And then the technology establishments. And so imagine you have all of this Orwellian conditioning that's trying to convince you – that that you can identify as the opposite gender back to what you just said about the emperor has no clothes mm-hmm. and, and and that when you uh, so if everyone on tv if everyone at college if all of the social media outlets are all saying no he those really are clothes he's wearing <laughs>
2: And if anybody that's listening doesn't know that story, they should, I guess you could probably Google right, it or right. something. But um, it's, it is, it's 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 lie upon lie and change the language to make it sound better.
1: See, what's interesting to me is why a person would want to be the opposite gender. Now, again, in our culture, and our society, there is currency. There's social and relationship currency if you're part of an oppressed minority. And so if you identify as a female and you're male or male as a female, you become the subject of so much opposition that you could see, see, I am a person who's oppressed.
2: Yeah, I'm a victim.
1: I'm a victim. Hey, thank you for your call. Okay. You have a wonderful day, Gina. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to take your call, 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. would love to talk about anything other than uh, homosexuality and transgenderism um 3038731935 again it's sad and sickening that um we have to address these issues but we really do from a biblical standpoint and then ask and answer the question in presenting the biblical standpoint is that a promotion of transphobia or homophobia Or hate speech. And of course, we need to uh, just come to grips and say, look, is it possible that Christians are guilty of hate speech? I guess that is possible. But what they're basically characterizing as hate speech is, is not hate speech. A working... De- We're back to what Brad had talked about in the very first hour of defining your terms and then coming to grips with what all of this means, 303-873-1935. A, a working definition of hate speech is speech that's designed or intended to insult, intimidate, Or cause prejudice against a person or people based on their race, gender, age, sexual orientation, political affiliation, occupation, disability, or physical appearance. Hate speech. Speech that is intended to insult, intimidate, or cause prejudice against a person or people because of their race. Gender. Now, again, remember in the culture in which we live, they have accepted the view that there's a spectrum of gender. They have accepted the view that certain sexual orientations are normative. Certain political affiliations are not normative. So if that's the accepted definition Christians aren't people who want to participate in hate speech. That means speech that's intended to insult or intimidate or cause prejudice. But imagine if speech itself automatically is assumed to cause insult, intimidation, or prejudice because it doesn't line up with the popular definitions This is part of the problem that Christians face. It's when the definition of hate speech continues to broaden and expand. And then it broadens and expands to the point where when the Bible addresses this issue and a Christian holds the biblical view, that it it becomes hate speech in the sense that Like I said earlier, can you imagine just simply making the statement that in the beginning he created the male and female becomes hate speech? And Ephesians 4.15 refers to us speaking the truth in love, which is what we really want to do. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Shauna, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much for answering my call. I so appreciate everything you do. Um, my brain loves to think about things very deeply, especially God's Word. Something simple but not simple for a brain that loves to take things at depth. When Jesus died on the cross, he stated, Forgive them, they know not what they do.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting?
3: Isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, I get difference of opinion. I get it, but at the same time, what did he mean? <laughs>
1: Well, no, no. That it 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 actually is uh, an interesting passage, um. And and again, the the way that I would think about the passage is the context.
3: Yes.
1: Now remember, he is on the cross. Talking about the
3: Romans, correct? Because
1: they're the ones there
3: physically. Yes.
1: Now, now, uh, it, it, he's on the cross, and as he's on the cross, what's interesting about the passage? It's in Luke chapter uh, twenty-three. It says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And then the next sentence is even as fascinating, <laughs> and they cast lots to divide his garments. Now, and and then it says, and the people stood looking on. Now part of the point i think what he means is when he says he's praying a prayer father forgive them now yeah. he's he's praying a prayer and, but he and and he is extending forgiveness but forgiveness is different from reconciliation in other words people can go by the cross and they can you know say hey you know it's great that jesus said father forgive them for they know not what they do and then they just simply assume that they're forgiven, but it takes, it only takes one person to forgive, but it takes two people to be reconciled. And oh, so that's fabulous. now so imagine a person doesn't stop and kneel and say, I accept and believe that what you're doing on this cross is for me. And it is the mechanism whereby I can be saved. And so there's another element to this that I think is fascinating. And that is, again, we think about the context. He's on the cross. Do you think there's a painless way to be on a cross? There is no painless way. So do you think it's safe to say when he's saying these words that he's in a great deal of pain? Yeah. Would you also say, because it says they're casting lots for his garments and the people stood looking on, they're gawking. They're staring. I don't know if anyone has ever stared, to you and, uh, stared at you in an uncomfortable situation. This is one of those situations where I think about being in the hospital, and I have one of those stupid gowns where your rear end yes. is exposed. And yes. I'm a very modest, private person. I don't want people looking up my dress.
3: You and I have a thought. So, so maybe you can think about it, and we'll see where we land. Um, my brain went somewhere else because weirdness. People, when there's death, if they do weird things, um, and so my mind went to, um, oh, I'm so not good at paraphrasing, you know, Um, the war that we are in is not of the flesh. It is supernatural war. Right. That's where my mind went. Like, these people don't know because they're deceived because, like, it was all happening. (laughs) Like, that's where my mind went. Like, they don't even know. Because they're so deceived, and pretty soon the Holy Spirit is going to change everything. That's where my mind
1: is. And and I think that there's elements of that, because there's mercy and there's love involved. There's Mm -hmm. mercy and there's love involved. And
3: grace, yeah.
1: But the practical application of this passage is this, that it's possible to hurt terribly and be totally humiliated. And still forgive, because guess what? Forgiveness isn't based on the presence or the absence of pain, and it's not based on the presence or the absence of humiliation. In other words, there's another lesson that we can learn, because sometimes we think, you know, we offer forgiveness, but we're still in pain or we're still hurt. And we go, Lord, you know, Lord, I want to forgive that person. But the devil says they cause too much pain, too much humiliation. The presence and of pain and humiliation means you haven't really forgiven them no the passage you just quoted means no it's possible to forgive somebody and hurt terribly and be humiliated totally but remember what wow, i said
3: that is so powerful thank you gino i appreciate your time hey. um, and it took me a minute to call you back because i had a new car and long story oh. but i'm listening again thank you
1: all right bye-bye this is gino jersey thanks for joining me i'll be right back Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. Happy to take your call, 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Love, love, love uh, Shauna's question about Father Forgive Them. Um, and again, happy to take your calls about the Bible, worldviews, world religions, 303 303- 873,1935. Earlier, I had reported that the Christian uh, post and a number of Christian headlines, a number of different outlets um, were reporting that uh, the Babylon Bee was locked out of Twitter, their crime for calling uh, transgender Biden official Rachel, Rachel uh, Levine, or a man. And again, it's a satire site where, according to some outlet, uh, Rachel Levine was named Woman of the Year. And so they thought from being a satirical site that they would name him Man of the Year because he is, in fact, a biological male. And so the satirical site locked out of Twitter. Their crime Hateful conduct. So the tweet was a kind of a form of mockery against USA Today, which named Levin, that's Rachel Levin, one of its Women of the Year uh, award winners. So despite being punished by Twitter, Babylon Bee's CEO Seth Dillon asserted that they're not going to delete the tweet. And I've sort of uh, delete, I, I have posted his uh, explanation on my Twitter site, which is Juracy Gino um, at Twitter. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, that would be fine because I'm sure that there's going to come a time where I'm going to be deleted from Twitter for saying something that, um well that they find offensive but he wrote that they're not going to delete anything earlier it, it, and then <laughs> he he said truth is not hate speech if the cost of telling the truth is the loss of our twitter account then so be it unquote so let's just let's just parse that for just a moment truth is not hate speech. You know, years ago, Franklin Graham was accused of hate speech because he was preaching the gospel. In a later interview with Fox News Digital, Seth Dillon reiterated, quote, we don't have any intention of deleting the tweet. On Tuesday, Dylan, like I said, posted a screenshot of a notification telling Babylon uh, Bee editor-in-chief Kyle Mann that Twitter will lock his account until he removes a tweet criticizing the social media platform for locking the Babylon Bee's account out. Quote, maybe they'll let us back into our Babylon Bee Twitter account if we throw a few thousand Uyghurs in a concentration camp. Man wrote in the flag tweet on Monday. Why did he say that? Jing Chao has a Twitter account. Imagine you can be a totalitarian autocrat, have a Twitter account, but not the Babylon Bee. Twitter also imposed the same punishment on Christian news publication, the Christian Post, for tweeting its article with the title, quote, USA Today names Rachel Levine a man among its women of the year, unquote. On Friday, Twitter emailed the Christian Post accusing the news outlet of violating its policy against hateful conduct and banned the account from posting new articles and temporarily limited some other features on its Twitter account. Twitter also notified the Christian Post that its account was impossible violation of France's LCEN law on internet content. On the other hand, the news outlet was informed that a complaint claiming that the tweet violated German law was later dismissed. Now this, this brings up a question. Can you imagine if you're on a Twitter account and you violate French law or German law or Canadian law Can you be brought up on charges at the International Criminal Court? The Christian Post filed an appeal over the suspension on Monday. Twitter's currently reviewing the appeal. It says, Twitter said, quote, Please note that while we review your appeal, you won't be able to access your Twitter account. We'll take a look. And we'll respond as soon as possible, unquote. So in a statement that was issued to Faithwire, the Christian Post's senior investigative reporter on sexual ethics and the trans movement, Brandon Showalter, explained why the outlet refuses to take down the tweet, quote, The reason that the Christian Post is such a stickler for language, especially when reporting on the developments of transgender ideology, is because we value the truth, Showalter said. Quote, if we fail to maintain the integrity of what and how we report on these hot button issues, we do a great disservice to our readers who count on us to communicate honestly They had a further quote. He said, We simply cannot in good conscience overwrite the truth of our physiology with words that have no meaning or the opposite meaning, he asserted. This is all very, very interesting to me in light of 1 Corinthians. Excuse me. Not Corinthians, because I was thinking about Corinthians, because I was looking at it earlier today, but of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul, you know, he's talking about um, to Timothy, he says, Let no one despise your youth. Be an example to the believers. He says, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love in spirit, in faith, in purity. Paul writes, he says, till I come, give attention to reading. He's speaking about the scriptures. To exhortation. That means building people up and to doctrine. He says, don't neglect the gift that's in you, which is given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. That means reflect on them. Reflect, reflect. Give yourself entirely to them. He said, that your progress may be evident to all. He said, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. When he says, be an example to the believers. In word, he's basically making the statement that speech matters. What you say matters in conduct. That's what you do. It isn't just simply the things that you say, but it's also the things that you do. So he talks about words. He talks about conduct and he talks about love. That's a reference, I think, to motivation. So you can have, say the right thing. You can even do the right thing, but you need to make sure that you're motivated by the right thing. He talks about in spirit and in faith and in purity. Standard is high, but we have to embrace it. This is Gino Gerasi. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls, answering your questions. Thanks, Jim.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
1: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors.
0: This set off alarm bells.